This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on ami What kind of smartphone do you have? It feels like for years and years and years, there have been a bajillion options with two dominant brands, right? You got the Samsung and you got the Apple. Those are the flagships. Then, of course, you have the Huawei's and the ZTE's and the Motorola's. There's even a few of you folks out there who are clinging to a BlackBerry till your dying breath or till rim's dying breath but for years and years there were two guys in the game the big difference was apple had their software and samsung was using the android software under the google umbrella a couple years ago google got themselves into the smartphone game with their series of pixel phones and it seems like the reviews were just positive people liked the functionality people liked the slickness people loved the cameras I suppose it is called Pixel for a reason, right? Pixel implies pixelation, good cameras, good pictures. People like the phones. Even when I was making my my new phone purchase a couple of years ago, I was almost maybe considering possibly going to jump off the Samsung train. I've been using my Samsung phones since the day I got a smartphone in 2011. And I just have them rigged up the way I like them. I understand the operating system. I just figured it out. It's comfortable. I like it. So one of the things when I posted on social media about me making the switches, a couple of my Android friends said, yeah, man, I got my hands on one of these Pixel phones and I really like it. In the end, I stuck with Samsung, but I'm open to listening to people's experiences with their Google phones. But we've always talked about Stephen Scott of Double Tap being something of a power broker. Stephen has a good habit of getting his paws on new technology, including Google's smartphone, the Pixel 6a. Let's bring in Stephen to find out what his experience has been like, what he likes, what he doesn't like, and maybe if he can convince me to throw the old Samsung to the side for some Googleage. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. Always nice chatting with you. Stephen, let's start with just your general feel here. You got your hands on a Pixel 6a on this smartphone. smartphone. What's your general impression before we jump into a couple specifics? Well, you know what? I was, I was listening to what you were saying earlier, Dave, and you were excited about hearing about this phone because you're a Samsung guy. I am going to tell you to take that Samsung phone and throw it straight into the trash. <laughs> well, you would have told me it that no matter what. You would have told to me go. that irrespective of, of, of the segment. <laughs> yeah, look, do you know what? This is, a, this is a stunning little phone. And I've got to say, you know, over the years, Google Pixel phones, they've, they've had an interesting development because way back, even in the Nexus days when it was the, the first kind of Google phone we saw, uh, you know, the, the design was good. I wouldn't say it was quite uh, up there along with what companies like Samsung eventually created. And I think that's why a lot of people have done what you've done, which is go down the Samsung route because they are very sexy devices. And what I think Google have tried to do um, more recently 
I would say from the Pixel 5 onwards, is really try to create what you might call a reference device, a device that is the standard that all other Android phones should ad adhere to or mm. at least try and achieve. Mm. And when it came to the Pixel 6a, despite this being classed as a budget device, I have to say, this is a really, really nice phone. So you use the expression there, budget device. I, I know sometimes mm -hmm. we start talking about prices, what's inexpensive, what's expensive, and people's eyes roll a little bit. But tell me a little bit about what sort of the retail price on something like this is and maybe where that fits into the overall appeal of the 6A. So if we talk about price, we're talking $600 Canadian, right? That's, you can get it from Google at 600 You can get some other places. You can get it 550 You know, You can get some deals on it. Uh, and that's what another thing about Android devices. You'll tend to find deals on them where you don't tend to get that on Apple devices so much, unless they're older devices. Um, but it does sit, and if you think about it in, in terms of budget, what I'm talking about here, because I know people say, well, hang on, $600, that is not budget. That's a lot of cash. But the way to look at it is that you're getting a very high-quality device mm. in what in the Samsung world would probably cost double. Um you know, and, and Pixel or Google, I should say, are about to bring out the Pixel 7 next month. And when that comes out, that is probably going to be a much more expensive device, probably maybe retailing $1,200, $1,300. <laughs> and in that, you will see, yeah, lots of nice features. But I think for most people, this is, I really don't even want to use the word budget. I think it's going to be the standard device. It's the same. And if you look to the Apple lineup, you would class this next to say something like the Apple iPhone SE which retails around the same price. And to many people, that is a budget device. It's slightly lesser, um, you know, it's got lesser features than the bigger brothers and all the rest. But it's still a really, really solid device. This, though, is way, way better built. I mean, it's a solid construction. It feels good in the hand. Mm. It's got some weight to it, but it's not too heavy. Um, the camera bump on the back is not at one point of the phone, it's actually a little bar that goes right across the device. So you can actually lie this down on a table without a case on, and it's not going to wobble. Mm. And I don't like wobbly phones, so <laughs> that's good. Um, and just overall construction is good. The screen quality, I mean, I can't go too far on that, but I, my understanding is it's certainly improved a lot since the earlier versions of the Pixel. And that's why I think this really has become a reference device, maybe not so much for budget devices, but just for overall Android phones. I think yeah. this is a great place to start. They should all be here. Yes, you, you can always buy cheaper, but cheaper doesn't mean better, and it certainly doesn't mean value, and you have to be aware of that. Cheaper may be good for the wallet, but it doesn't always mean you're getting a good product. It's it's definitely a consideration, and $600, yes, people will find that to be pricey by its nature because it's money out the pocket, but again, as you put it into context, saying this is a major manufacturer offering a good, decent quality phone at a reasonable price in the grand scheme, as opposed to even some of the uh, the, the flagship phones are all well over $1,000. Even the budget versions of flagship phones are over $1,000. So this is right in line on that price point for, again, as you say, quality vis-a-vis -vis price. Let's talk about the software, Stephen, because I think this is one of the areas where someone like myself who does have a disability, who's rigged up my Samsung phone inside the Android operating system for years and years, likes staying in that ecosystem because I know where to find the buttons that I need. I know the finger actions mm -hmm. I need to do to get what I need done. 
So you're doing a little bit of a different leap here from the Apple side to the Google side. Did you find the software relatively intuitive? I did. I mean, I, I don't notice a huge difference. I, I do notice a little difference in TalkBack. And I only recently learned this, that TalkBack, the screen reader, is actually about six months out of date on Samsung's side and apparently always will be. And it's the same actually across other devices because what they do is when they develop new versions of TalkBack, it goes to their Pixel devices first. And then six months later, it is then open sourced. It's then available to other other manufacturers who can then implement that into their software. And the other thing, of course, more specifically about Samsung is that they will take accessibility features and they will kind of funnel them through the Samsung filter. They'll maybe add or even take away some features. Take away maybe less, but certainly add features to the device or, or maybe even change it to, to accommodate their own ethos of what accessibility should be. And I think that's the thing about Android is that it is very much... Uh, up to the individual manufacturer to kind of skin that software in whatever way they see fit. Uh, unlike Apple, of course, where it's pretty much what you see is what you get, yeah. and that's the case across all devices. <laughs> yeah. um, some people like that. Some people don't like that, and it depends on how you sit. Now, if you want what I would call the vanilla, the traditional, the, the raw, whatever word you want to use to describe, essentially the experience that Google wants you to have with Android, get a Pixel device because that will give you that. It will also give you those instant updates, and it will give you the ability to use that software uh, instantly. In terms of the differences between the software, the only major difference you'll find between a Pixel device and any other device, and it's not the case for all of them. Again, it's very unique, and this is where Android's quite difficult to talk about with any uh, clarity, on, unless you really start getting into the weeds on individual manufacturers. When it comes to this, the, the hardware, when you, you buy a phone, yeah, it might be a bit different. Maybe the buttons have been in a different place, so roughly the same place, but maybe moved around a little bit. Sometimes the volume rocker's on the left and the power button's on the, the right, and sometimes it's all on the same side or whatever. And in terms of the software, you might notice that the, the launcher, the, the home screen, if you like, is a little bit different because mm -hmm. some of them skin their home screens a bit differently. Uh, Samsung have their own and other devices and other manufacturers use their own. So that can kind of make it feel like something different is going on. But under the hood, everything's the same, pretty much. Um, but as I say, I, I just find the experience better. I've got to turn off that horrible vibration mode thing because it's the loudest vibration. It terrifies <laughs> me when a, when a notification comes in. Had to turn that off. Uh, and, and the key click effects, you know, I turned all that off. And after that, I found I was really getting a pleasant experience, even the talk back. And it, here's me saying this. Um, I was getting a really pleasant experience today, for example. And it's just interesting we talk about this today because I had to make a bit of a very quick call uh, with someone today. And I was on my iPhone and I had to make a call. And I thought, I'll need to use my Android phone. I'm going to have to use an Android phone. And um, I had to do it quite quickly. And normally I'd be panicking because I'd be thinking, Gosh, you know, when you when you start to use these in real life, the you know the experience is quite you know this is really putting it to its test, right? And it was great. I got the call, I placed it. Talkback was great. I was able to. It was completely responsive. I think it's the best talkback experience I've had so far, which is I guess what Google would want me to have. Um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 kind of torn here. Yeah, 
Uh, Steven, I want to ask you just a couple more functionality questions or one more functionality question, and then we can sort of get into sort of your, your big broad takeaway from the whole, from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about sort of the ease of pairing to Bluetooth devices or the actual volume on the speakers on the phone. Did you find that stuff was relatively pleasant in line with the quality you've come to expect with smartphones more generally? Oh yeah. I mean, again, the, the options when it comes to volume, for example, oh my gosh. I mean, what an incredible experience being able to choose the volume level of accessibility versus media versus whatever else that you, you can find on there. There's like volume rockers for everything. Um, so the options are in there. And that's, that's the case across devices. But again, with Android, you get so much more customization. And I found that really simple. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, that was that was incredible. I forget I forget the other thing you mentioned. Uh, like you mentioned like like the, the pairing to like Bluetooth devices or pairing to oh, yeah. external devices. Did you find that was relatively easy? Because that's one of the mixed bags you sometimes hear about Android devices. That this one wouldn't pair to my wouldn't pair to my my earbuds or wouldn't pair to my speaker or did something weird when I tried to pair it to my speaker. Did you find all that stuff was relatively straightforward? I did, and no different to the iPhone experience actually. You know, in the same way that I would have issues there. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, I hadn't any issues. Everything I connected to the Android phone, including a keyboard, including some headphones, they just paired seamlessly. Sometimes they do require you to download an extra app, depending on what the hardware is. And it's not always clear sometimes that you need to have an application. Um, but usually, and certainly the experience I've had, everything connects fine. It's Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had no issues with this yet. Yeah, that's a big one. So, Stephen, let's finish on this concluding thought because I know you're a busy guy and we've got an episode of Double Tap coming down the pipeline in just a couple of minutes. So we've got to make sure we get you out of here in time to prepare for that one. But, Stephen, tell me your just general takeaway. You've been an avid iPhone user for years. Was this experience enough to maybe draw you away from the big fruit? Um, well, look, the short answer to that is no. I am so... I'm so inside the Apple ecosystem now. I cannot get out. I am in it to the core, quite literally. Uh, <laughs> well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. Um, but honestly, it is, it's so difficult for me to to come away from that. There are so many things. I think if, if Apple were to adopt rich communication system messaging, which RCS messaging, some people might have heard about, uh, the old green bubble versus blue bubble thing, that might be an intriguing proposition. Um, I don't use Google features. And I think if I used more Google services like Google Meet or whatever, you know, the video Google Duo, I think it is for for, uh, FaceTime type calls, you know, that would be fine. But I'm so wrapped up in that world. But what I will say is for anybody coming to a a smartphone today, I would highly recommend this device, highly recommend it. It's a good device. It's a solid device. It feels good. And the software is good, and the experience with Android and TalkBack now, with Android 13 running on this, is uh, is really pleasant. So, you know, to me, I have to say, I don't notice much of a difference between it and an iPhone. Stephen, we appreciate your thoughts on this one. Have a great show today at noon. Thanks, Dave. That's Stephen Scott. He's one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find daily on AMI-audio at noon Eastern time. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. 
Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.